Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. How you doing, Travis? Hi, Ben. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get to today. Oh, my goodness. Just when you thought he was going to go away forever, Donald Trump is back. He'll be speaking at CPAC this next Sunday, and all the eyeballs of the world will be on what crazy event it shall be? I think he's going he's to announce a uh, collaboration with Rihanna on a new Fenty, Ooh. a new Fenty makeup brand. It'll, that would be cool. Lots of different shades of orange uh, is to be expected. But uh, I think we need more. We need more orange representation in, in makeup brands uh, writ large. I've said it before, and I said it, and I'll say it again. Make every month October, and make every day Halloween. So we'll talk a little bit about who is going to show up at CPAC. Obviously. We'll talk more about what was said at CPAC when what was said at, C- at CPAC <laughs> was said. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but we will let you know what to expect. What's gonna? Who's gonna show up at the Who's Who of Who the Hell Cares, aka CPAC? And of course, we're going to talk about Texas here exclusively today. Not exclusively, but a large portion of the show will be dedicated to the great people of Texas. What's gone on with the storm? It's freezing freaking cold. People are dying. 47 people, I think, are have been... Um, have been claimed to die. Really gruesome deaths. Real, I mean, like pretty miserable deaths. Yeah, too. like like the end of The Shining. But they didn't even do anything wrong to their family, and they didn't write a horrible book that doesn't mean anything. They didn't meander across the halls of an abandoned hotel with an axe trying to kill their children. They were just trying to protect their family, and uh, Texas completely and utterly failed them as Ted Cruz went on a manication to Cancun with his young daughters because every father takes their young daughters to where they want to go. Disney World, no. Cancun. Yeah, he really like played into the Tim Allen, like, I'm just, har- I'm harangued by my daughters and my bitch wife and they're making me go to Cancun when I need to stay home and throw paper towels into the crowds like my uh like my good friend Trump did. Oh, so we'll talk about what's going on in Texas. Uh but before we get to that, let's do there's a lot of news out there. The Biden administration, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of different news channels out there holding him accountable and truthfully, unironically or not sarcastically, I believe that everyone does need to hold the Biden administration accountable. We'll talk a little bit about immigration here towards the later end of the episode. 
However, making fun of Joe Biden's dog on national television, is that really the most pressing issue? Apparently it is for one Newsmax host, Greg Kelly. Who is, you You told me before the show, Greg Kelly used to be a local like New York guy, right? He was a local, a local news New guy. York guy. There was a small scandal. Not exactly sure what the hell went into it, so I won't talk about it. But he is the son of the former police commissioner, Kelly, in New York. He's been around politics for a long time. He went from, I'm going to say the big leagues, which is local New York television, to whatever the hell league Newsmax so is So he in. was like the like the Sandy guy from the, the cab videos where he's like reviewing movies and stuff? No, he, he was like, just... He reviewed Chipmunks, Alvin and the Chipmunks 2 or something? It was mostly smokescreen stories, so it would be like, lead chips are killing all the kids in public housing in New York City, and then they would say that for like 14 seconds, and then it would be like... And look at this rat eating pizza. So he was like, he he, he that was let a big us, story. It was when the pizza rat, rat pizza rat was a huge story. So I'm not gonna it was I'm on, not gonna mark I'm not gonna knock him for that. One of the most economically devastated cities in the entire country, New York City. Pizza Rat took the headlines from suffering folks for at least three months, <laughs> and truly, we still have lead paint all over our schools and all over the public housing in New York City. But nonetheless. Did you know rats love pizza? Pizza Rat was a UCB student. I know. Well, Pizza Rat, the man who found him, was a UCB student. His name was Matt. He's a friend of mine. And he worked so hard to make it an entertainment. And the thing that got him on the map was a rat eating an old slice of pizza. So you never know. Man, that's Keep so, your cameras rolling. Sometimes that's just how it works, man. <laughs> it really is. You can get famous if you're like your toddler whacks you in the balls with a baseball bat. And like, and it, it's just the right perfect, you know, oh. the, 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 the composition is right. Something, if you can just set one of those videos on fire, you know. It's perfect. Yeah. It really is perfect. This is Greg Kelly. <laughs> He's talking about the most important thing the thing on the front of every single American's mind. How lame is Joe Biden's dog? Did you see the dog? Let's get, I want to show you something I noticed. Doesn't he look a little, uh, little rough? The dog looks he nice. Needs I dog love alone. dogs. But this dog needs a, a bath and a comb and uh, all kinds of love and care. I've never seen a dog in the White House uh, like this. It's a beautiful I, dog. I remember Buddy. I remember Millie. I remember lots of dogs, but not a dog who seems... I don't know. I don't know how much love and care he is getting. Let's bring in the historians. I, I'm having they fun have with this, obviously, but I, I, I do want to talk about some stuff. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, presidential historian. Craig, welcome back. And Doug Weed, presidential historian, Weed. former advisor of George H.W. <laughs> Bush. That's the White House where I remember Millie. Millie had like a staff and they really took care of her. Very beautiful dog. This dog looks like from, I'm sorry, from the junkyard. And I what? love that dog, Terrible. but he looks like he's not been well cared for. No, and not, he just keeps showing the picture of the dog. It's a very well-kept dog. Uh, no, he looks very dirty and disheveled <laughs> and uh, very unlike a presidential dog like uh, Millie or Victory. Or just a happy, Who's Millie? Just a happy pup. Like, he's just a dog that looks like a dog, and he's smiling, and they're like, what an unkempt, disheveled piece of shit. What? Who is Millie? Who, what do, I don't even know, I don't what, even know what, what dog president had freaking the dog Millie. Anyway. Wasn't Reagan's like ruffles or something? I don't know. And it was fake because the dog actually died like two years prior. <laughs> I don't know. You might just be thinking of Nancy. But this she is... was wonderful though. <laughs> and if she was a dog, she would be a, um, ooh, what's those super cute dogs? Very high maintenance though. They got the floof on the top and they always, and you, and you can cut their hair all fun. 
That is you the gotta know. North American. No, it's not. S- is it the North American Poodle Harbor Masters? I'm thinking of Poodle. Poodles, yes. Poodle good, is the answer. Nancy <laughs> kind of was like a human poodle in a cute way. But this is what happens when Trump no longer has like the discourse. Uh, he's no longer controlling the discourse. He's he's in Mar-a-Lago right. sending press releases about how he's angry at SAG-AFTRA or something for well, not uh, honoring his, his one-time appearance in uh, Home Alone. I have to give, well, and that is an appearance that does need to be honored. I have to give Greg Kelly some credit for even mentioning Joe Biden. And calling him the president, I was watching Fox and Friends, not because I woke up early, because I didn't sleep much this weekend. I had one of those <laughs> big pizza weekends. Big pizza weekend. Big yep. pizza weekends. They still refer to Donald Trump as simply the president. Yeah. There is no former. There is no ex. So at the very least, I will give Greg Kelly some credit for acknowledging that there's a new dog in town. And that dog is attached to a new president because the amount of denial and the amount of the amount of. Uh, just complete and utter refusal to believe in reality just shows you the magical thinking that is still extremely strong around Donald Trump. And we were talking before this show. I think I was one of those people who thought perhaps Trump just goes away, licks his wounds and goes and hangs out forever. But as Travis was telling me before the show, it seems as if there are already reports coming out regarding his CPAC speech on Sunday. The big announcement will be, it's not over. The sequel is coming no, in 2024. Squ- Donald squeak, Trump will run again. The squeakquel is coming because yeah. I, he intends to run in 2024. And That is a little bit of a scoop from what was the network? Well, it was New York Post. So, But New York Post in this way would know that information more than uh, yeah, I don't some, know, Daily News or something. Some, yeah, some, some guy close to Trump, I'm sure, but actually said this. But um, yeah, so I, I, there is going to be a political realignment that will be more sort of made manifest and uh, sort of more explicit at CPAC. And some of the, some of the like warnings that were put out by Matt Schlapp, the, the organizer of the event kind of clued me into how this is going to go because a lot of the guys that a lot of these senators and congressmen that voted to uh, impeach. impeach Trump in the Senate are actually disinvited from this. Oh, this absolutely. Event. And, and Matt Schlapp uh, went on to, basically explicitly say like don't come for your own safety because you will like we'll let you get tarred and feathered by these um troglodytes and there was a reason why mike pence uh, will not be going there it is because he is scared for his life so when we talk about trump 2024 does he run within the republican party we don't know there is talk that there might be an off-branch party, a third party. Of course, his boy Rush Limbaugh would be very sad about that. But we definitely know one thing for sure. If Trump does run again for president, Mike Pence will not be his VP. No, I don't think so. I think that that, that uh, relationship may be forever hindered on account that Trump sent a mob to kill him. But the, but, the you know, CPAC that's itself. That's one reason to end a friendship. CPAC, the theme this year is, last year it was um, like contagion basically mm-hmm. uh viral outbreak this year the theme is america uncanceled uncanceled america uncancel america and right. uh so here's some here's some seminars that are on the agenda for that uh conference why the left hates the bill of rights and why we love it why do why does the left hate the bill of well, rights well you're gonna find out from senator mike lee uh, oh mike Utah. lee of He's course gonna be doing Ma- that. mike lee of the freedom uh, caucus mike one. lee a total and utter putz a complete disgrace to his in, to his constituents and somebody who 
went in. He was with Paul Ryan for a long time. They fancied themselves these fiscal conservatives that were going to change Washington forever. He just became one of the largest, to use the cliche, bugs in the swamp. Bugs in the swamp. Overnight. Next one, uh, the way forward, unlocking oh. our churches, our voices, and our social media accounts. <laughs> oh, my God. A speech by Florida Senator Rick Scott. Rick Scott, of course, the man who looks as if he and Bat Boy shared a similar uh, ancestor. What in the hell? If you're someone who fights for religious freedom, people die for their religion. People get massacred for their religion. They fight for their religion, and they conflate that with also... Was your Twitter locked? It's so ludicrous, and it's such an absolute slap in the face to anyone who truly holds religion dear. That's was that's yeah, what I think. I mean, of it's interesting that they put churches and social media accounts on the same footing yeah, here. One is one <laughs> is theoretically much more important than the other, and the more important one, I would say, would be the churches. You know that things that's been around forever. And then but the one that, the one that really typifies, you know, or makes clear to me that this CPAC event is specifically like a way to push Trump like they want put to push Trump as much as possible to keep the Trump movement alive. Right. One of the one of the uh the main seminars is called So You've Been Deplatformed. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like specifically made for Trump. Like it's it, they're going to teach Trump how to utilize his different arms of the media to continue the Trump thing. Well, it's definitely a unique seat back. Times have changed. I uh, so you've been deplatformed. Now what? Now well, what? you know what? I I need to go. I've been deplatformed. YouTube, Twitch. I got to go and figure out now what. What to expect when you're expecting to run for 2024? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll let you know what's happening with CPAC. We'll talk about that but next week once we have more uh, more information. Very, uh, it's very interesting. This something that happened today as we're recording Monday. Uh, America uncancelled canceled one of its speakers. Why? Well, it was a little bit too hot to handle. There, they had this guy named Young Pharaoh who was going to speak. Young Pharaoh. Young Pharaoh is kind of your run of the mill uh, Hotep guy. Okay. So like, he's actually super pro black. Okay. But he's anti. He's anti progress on every other front. So like anti woman. He's homophobic. Anti vax. Believes uh, believes all QAnon conspiracy theories. Uh, and this is hmm. this is just sort of a sample of what he would be talking about. Ten tons of tomatoes every year. We can them all and we store them in the basement. <laughs> Have like a harvest party when it gets loaded in. So James Elephantis said that they grow their own organic tomatoes uh -huh. at Comet Ping Pong and they store them in the basement. Hillary Clinton just said they don't have a basement. Somebody lying. Well, and somebody is having sex <laughs> with those children lying. near the dough. And I think it's this bitch. <laughs> All right. And I don't want nobody talking about okay, it. There so we that, go, Young Fair. I'm looking at his, uh, I'm looking at yeah. the tweet. It is hashtag drain the swamp, hashtag deep state, and also hashtag Anthony Weiner. He needs to be at the D-Platform seminar, Mr. Wiener. I'm not sure if he's around or allowed to be around any children, but if you're going to be a registered pedophile going to the You've Been Deplatformed Now What seminar, you might run into a few other pedos and have a good conversation that you weren't expecting that day because there's a lot of reasons why people get deplatformed. 
And one of them is taking pictures with their cock next to their child, which was what Anthony Weiner did. That's true. Well, so in his underwear, to be fair. To be fair, uh, Young Pharaoh was gonna do a uh, a session called a seminar called "Please Check the Number and Dial Again." Doubt, dysfunction, and the price of missed opportunities. Oh, I kind of like that um, title. Though. And you know, that it actually sounds pretty yeah. sleek. And he describes himself as a philosopher, scholar, and musician. As although I did, you know, I just called him basically your run of the mill hotep. But he is. Um, He's very anti-Semitic. He does not okay. like Jews so much that uh, he is under the impression that Jews are not real and that Judaism is a made-up concept. Uh, he says in one of his tweets, there is no historical or scientific evidence proving the existence of Jews or Judaism. Huh. It's all a complete lie. Go get the best Jewish scholar you can find, and I'll expose religion as being completely made up for political gain. So Hashtag... You- it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is so horrible. I assume it would be I, the Holocaust. I, yeah. And it did. Uh, but that tweet wasn't why he was disinvited to CPAC. It was because people got mad at him, people right? People got the- mad. These are all, well, I mean, if you were to look up young Pharaoh right now, there's not some kind of uh, genteel veneer. There's no like softer yeah. veneer that he is putting out there. Young Pharaoh is straight with the shit. Like he's straight facts with his yeah. with his with his way of thinking. He lets you know loud and proud exactly what he thinks about well, and he, Judaism. He, he learns from personal experience, as we learned with his when he cans his tomatoes, he puts them in the basement. And all of a sudden, Comet Pizza, Comet Ping Pong, where they have all the children hiding, apparently. They have a basement because they said that's where they put their tomatoes. It all comes together. And that video is from June 30th of last year. This is not like an old video. He is still hmm. pressing Pizzagate like it's like it's uh, 2016. Isn't like he's, he's nice. really hitting it hard. Well, and, you know, we all said the, the politics of David Duke couldn't be slightly more progressive. But in a way, they are now, aren't they, with young Pharaoh? But this was I mean, nice? they were happy to invite this guy to CPAC. Unbelievable. It, and it was only when Twitter started foaming at the mouth like are you serious well, you, he's need, you need to be more subtle but this is i think well that's a good point they're like yeah you're blowing our cover you man really, if young pharaoh comes he's gonna do the whole it never happened with the holocaust bit that's too on the nose for us we have to say it happened but they also had a swimming pool like that's how you circle around it the holocaust happened sure they had their they had their tents and their camps but and this is satire, folks. Uh, but oh, they also had schooling. That's how David Duke got around it for a long time, and he just went right in and said it never happened because the Jews never existed in the first place. Which is an extension of thought that, man, even but, even people on the far right are upset with him. And I mean, as far as a preview for CPAC goes, this really just makes it like kind of lays it at your feet. Like it's going to be conspiracy minded stuff. The, the well, lie about turned, the election and Trump is going to be educated. You know, he's going to have his own education about how do I lead people going forward without Twitter and, and without to, these um, without the Oval Office at my disposal. And of course, we'll talk about Texas here in one second. But now we are seeing with CPAC. This is the Comic-Con cosplay. Yes. Political version of CPAC. Was it ever a super respected conservative event? Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. And there's no... It, it CPAC, the, who is speaking at CPAC is so indicative of the divide right now within the conservative movement. Yes. And uh, I was talking with my friend Travis Irvine talking about the split between the Whigs and the Republicans. And of course, the Whigs were very racist and the Republicans were like, we want to we agree with the, the Whigs on much, but they're too racist for us. The Whigs went away and the Republican Party stayed. And now you do wonder 
will there be any kind of tangible third party operation to truly split the Republican Party? I would say no, just because it is so powerful. And at the end of the day, the Republicans do one thing the Democrats don't do, which is fall in line under their name brand. No, I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to find that the people who don't fall in line are just thrown into a ditch. And then the Democrats, I mean, where where else will they go? And then at some point, as uh, I've said many times, people usually just go back to their political DNA, the, the, the ideas that they've held for a long time. You'll experiment with other things politically, but at the end of the day, push comes to shove. These parties are really, really sticky, and it's tough to get someone to fully disavow a party that they once voted for. There is sort of evidence that there is now being this big purge in the Uh, GOP. Oh, absolutely. It's public. I mean, uh, the what was his name? The um, Adam Kinzinger was not only censored by his local LaSalle County Republican uh, committee, but his family members disowned him. Did you see this? They said they're ashamed of Adam Kinzinger for having gone against Trump. And uh, Adam Kinzinger, by the way, you guys, the name is a little bit unfamiliar, perhaps, but I'm sure if you saw him, you would recognize him. He was on TV a lot, really pro-Trump, a mega guy all the way. And he went against him with the impeachment. Is that right? Yeah. And then he and then they his his family turned against not only did his community, but his family said, we've disowned him. He's brought great shame upon the Kinzinger family name. And then you see. uh, So. Here's a quote from uh, a GOP official in uh, in Pennsylvania on why t- uh, Senator Toomey should be censored. It's very interesting. It's just very short, but he just says, basically, we did not send him to do the quote-unquote right thing, but here we he can, is. Let's play this. Uh, we did not send him there to vote his conscience. We did not send him there to... Uh, do the right thing or whatever. It's very short, but I have to actually clarify this something though. The way that he said, do the right thing was he doesn't think it's the right thing. No, that's, that's exactly it. He thinks that it's the wrong thing, but they, MSNBC pisses me off because their Chiron was this dude says that he didn't, that he's, that we didn't send him there to do the right thing. But the way that he actually says it is there's a nuance to it where he doesn't believe that that would be the right thing. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's just a little bit of, but but, but he shows you where the 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 constituency's mindset is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it shows you, again, anyone who put all of their eggs in the Trump basket. Mm, don't you want to think about that? Eggs in the Trump basket. Inevitably, those eggs get shattered on the proverbial political sidewalk. And we're seeing that with Senator Richard Burr, Senator Bill Cassidy, censored, censored. Uh, Senator Susan Collins, and of course, Lisa Murkowski. Collins and Murkowski have sort of dabbled in that world for a long time. Someone who was considered to be a massive leading star for the future of the Republican Party in Ben Sass, uh, Senator Ben Sass out of Nebraska, certainly no, like, he's not even considered in many ways a moderate Republican. He was a pretty face to a fairly aggressive Republican agenda when he first came in as Senator and he wrote a book and I actually read some of it and he was going to be the next big thing. And then Trumpism just completely sideswiped him and his political career will never, but ever be as powerful I, as it could have been. I think well, who knows, but it, it certainly took a hit. I mean, people, even yourself, you said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you thought maybe Trump would just sort of disappear, but now we're seeing a consolidation 
even this early in this in this uh, process. I well, mean, they're exiling but, people from the party. Absolutely. And they're, you know, CPAC, like you said, it's a big it's a big deal to say, like, these people are not even allowed to come through the doors. And the reason is because they'll get killed. They'll get and killed. And it's not that much of an exaggeration. They're going to get their freaking asses kicked because if they go. It's all... The CPAC thing, it's all culture war stuff now. It's well, not any, like, they don't want to deal with real shit. They want to talk about cancel culture, which is ridiculous. And they want to talk about uh, groundless conspiracy theories because they know that that is how to rile up the base. I mean, it has been for the past four years. Well, it's not going to make the country any better. And that's what theoretically they should be trying to talk about because it's a political event. But nonetheless, as I said, it's turned into a crazy political comic-con with a bunch of nutty cosplayers who all uh just really are clinging on to a narrative of america that never existed and it's unfortunate to see the trump narrative continue and we'll see now that he has almost been martyred in this pussy world that we live in where people equate fighting in world war ii with getting deplatformed from twitter in many ways, they really do think that Trump laid himself on the rock yeah. and got struck by the sword. And that's the story. And, that's the narrative. All, he can't go on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's driving me nuts. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Anyway, so CPAC, we will talk about what they talked about more next week. And you're right, though, when it comes to Trump, the one thing that I am learning, the political cover that running for office provides is something he probably can't even get. He needs it. Trump needs political cover so bad because the investigations are picking up uh, Cuomo and Trump. New York, between those two, New York is proving to be a, a cesspool of scumbags, and they certainly have their work cut out for them if they are ever going to uh, try to purge that type of leadership from the great state of New York, which I believe deserves better. Anyway, speaking of states that deserve better, let's talk about Texas. As I said, roughly 47 people are dead in something that is completely and utterly preventable. We are not in the Oregon Trail. We are not at uh, Dilotov's Pass. People are living like the Donner Party, uh, but it is 2021. And the fact that Texas can't deal with a cold, a, a very cold spell, but it's 2021. Yeah. It's just the weather. You would think we wouldn't have 47 people dead and tens of thousands of others without power living in misery. You would think that things would have been set up 
so that the state like Texas would be prepared for something like cold weather. Unfortunately, it is not. I want to read this one message from somebody who wrote in on Instagram. I don't know if they want their name mentioned, so I won't say it. But they say, good morning. I live in Austin. And uh, we hope then they say that they hope that we talk about this on top hat this week. Uh, he goes on to say, my wife and I had to abandon our apartment after 36 hours uh, without any power in sub-freezing temps. We went to our friend's house, but they lost water 24 hours later due to a rampant pipe bursting across the city. The hospital near us had to evac due to the water loss as, at their, as their heat is boiled based. Uh, we're hoping to still have an apartment to come home to as word has gotten out that the sprinkler systems in the complexes have been bursting and flooding apartments. Please tell our story. So these people are completely up crap Creek without a freaking paddle and no one is there to help them. The people that are there again, as we talked about Ted Cruz going on vacation to Cancun, that's just a symptom of the much larger problem that Texas is facing they do not have any diversity when it comes to uh, their power structure. Right. Only 20% of it is caused, it, the only 20% of their power comes from like wind energy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, not a, not a huge amount. Yeah. The devastation happening right now in Texas has not been caused by wind energy, but rather by ERCOT. What's ERCOT? ERCOT is the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. This is the majority, this is where the majority of the state's power is controlled. It is, uh, they say they have competitive pricing with the market, but basically what happened here is because they are so deregulated, no other businesses want to do business with Texas and with ERCOT. So they basically stand alone. This is one of the areas where they try to spin it and say, look, we don't need the federal government. We need no federal help. It's not even about any of that crap whatsoever. It's about getting the best quality energy grid you can get. So when it turns into freezing weather in Texas, a bunch of people don't freaking die. ERCOT is now being sued in a class action lawsuit for about $10 million. We'll see if that goes anywhere because you can imagine their lawyers are about as powerful as anybody else on earth. But this is what's being said about ERCOT by, by Rebecca Babin. She's the senior equity trader at CIBC Private Well. She says they have the infrastructure in place that meets the needs 99.9% .9 of the time. She goes on to say, on these tail events, they're really ill-equipped. They've not, they've not been incentivized to invest in the infrastructure to make those improvements. How the hell haven't they been incentivized? And if that's the case, uh, what the heck has to happen so that they are? Also, isn't just a bunch of people not dying an incentive in its own right? No, I mean, they want they, the grid was made to deal with extreme heat which is very common in sure. Texas, but they did not want to invest the money to make it ice proof, essentially. So all these, this grid is like built for one status, like one condition only. Right. So when something like this happens, even the coal or the nuclear, which, you know, Fox News is taking this ner this narrative where wind turbines are the, the source of all this problem. And they, they keep showing this basically this fake video it's a video of a of a wind turbine being 
de-iced with a, oh with the helicopter with the, with the, yes. yeah the helicopter which is a video from 2014 in Sweden so they really yes, I didn't even know yes, that so they're 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 passing off this old Sweden helicopter wind turbine video as some kind of uh, you know reporting from the front lines of Texas's snowstorm and we're gonna play some sound here in one second about these just these hard at work news organizations bringing you the truth as they see it. But also when it comes to ERCOT, it's horrible what they've been able to do when it comes to price gouging. This is according to Ron Silvestri. He is the senior analyst at the Nurburger Burnham, Berman. Now, he says the power price is usually about $20, $30, $40 per megawatt. And because of extreme events, the price of power hit a $9,000 cap. That's very extreme. Well, to put it into, so it used to be like $40 a month. And then ever since the storm hit, it's about $450 a day. It's absolutely (laughs) insane. People are showing their bills that they're getting in the mail for tens of thousands of dollars. These folks aren't going to be able to pay it. And at this point, there is no legislation or there's been no conversation about helping those people out. And so here's here's the interesting thing about the Texas power grid that I wasn't really fully aware of. There's a there's like 200 different energy suppliers in Texas. And uh, so it's like this big open market of people that are only kept within Texas, though, because east the East Coast of America and the West Coast have their own separate grids. Right. But if, for example, if they if if energy went out in a state on the East Coast, you could theoretically borrow energy from a neighboring state. Right. However, because Texas has its own private uh, deregulated energy market in with ERCOT, they can't do that. The lines are not connected to other energy grids in the United States. So when you have uh, an energy grid that they did not invest the money in to protect against conditions like this, uh, you have a grid that just completely collapses and you have 200 en- energy providers doling out little by little what they have what they are able to produce with uh, with wind turbines that are shut down, but mostly with coal and nuclear uh, machinery that literally freezes over and is an, unable to produce any more energy. And so that's why you have, there's a story about this shop owner in Houston. She uh, she got a bill from Gritty, which is Gritty. It's just like a, Gritty. It's just a little startup kind of app uh, energy p- person. And they, oh. they actually sent out, Gritty sent out emails to, hundreds and thousands of customers saying, hey, just so you know, we're about to jack up the prices crazy high, so you better find a different energy provider. But it's only because Gritty gets wholesale energy prices, so they don't even dictate the prices in some of these some of these providers. So they just knew that uh, the energy council was going to raise the prices like crazy. Right. And so they tried to warn their customers, actually, in this particular case, this small particular case, hey, uh, find another energy provider that isn't going to have these uh, wholesale prices. And even Texas Governor Greg Abbott, of course, Greg Abbott, and I'm no fan of Abbott whatsoever. I think he's a total schmuck. Uh, but I, perhaps because of political uh, self-preservation, he has come out against ERCOT. But this is what he had to say, because, of course, again, he could have been addressing these issues for the years that he has been in office. Marcus Parks, of course, from last podcast on the left, you know, Marcus and love Marcus. He talked about how this happened in 1989 to his family. So this was in Texas, of course. So this isn't totally crazy for Texas. They just need to prepare 
And all of these politicians and all of the people in charge need to be held accountable. So this is what Texas Governor Greg Abbott said. He says the Electric Reliability Council of Texas has been anything but reliable over the past 48 hours. He goes on to say far too many Texans are without power and heat for their homes as our state faces freezing temperatures and severe winter weather. This is completely unacceptable. So at the very least, Greg Abbott, I will give him some credit for calling out the real culprit or the real perpetrator or the real company that has allowed the devastation to be so much worse. And again, that is the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. However, the same cannot be true for or same cannot be said for the television and media outlets across the whole country. Again, really focusing on freaking wind turbines. And I'm not even against like nuclear energy. I wish that we would use more nuclear energy because they say it's safe unless it's exploding in front of your face, I guess. But let's just talk. Let's just listen to rather, and then we'll talk. Let's just listen to what these people have to say about the. the, So this is Tucker, Tucker Carlson. He's been, and this is from the February 17th, but throughout the whole past week, he's been claiming that wind turbines are the sole cause of this outage. Not, not just, not partially. It's the not sole even, cause. It's not even easy to lie like this. It's not. It's, it, I, you have it's, to work at Honestly, it. he's unflappable, which is amazing. So when the power went out in Texas on Monday, we immediately sent our originals team to find out what exactly was happening. Because we knew it would not be long before the same ideologues who caused this disaster would be online claiming that the Green New Deal, their schemes, had nothing to do with it. And we were right. They started lying within hours. But our team was there gathering evidence on the ground. This footage which they took is from Big Spring, Texas. As you can see, the wind turbines aren't generating any power because they're not moving. The temperature, by the way, is not even that cold. It's 21 degrees, but they are iced over. No electricity. That's not a wind. He's showing showing oil rigs. Of course, rolling blackouts (laughs) are affecting the entire area and much of the state of Texas. Now, why aren't you seeing more footage like this? It's on useless. other media. You know why. Journalists you know and the politicians why. they exist to protect are lying to you. They need you to believe that those windmills were a great investment. You paid for them. People already know that they're expensive. People who live near them know they destroy the environment and kill animals. <sighs> Huge numbers of animals. But if people knew they'd crash the power grid, maybe they wouldn't put up with it anymore. All right. It's just they didn't crash the power grid, and, and like it, it's ben, kind of fun that they ben kill already all the said, birds. Like 20% of the grid is supported by green energy, renewable energy sources, but most of it, the the majority of the grid is, of course, from thermal energy sources like coal and or nuclear. I, it's just so sad that we politicized weather and we've politicized energy and everything is so stupid when we just need to figure out how to... So people in Texas don't die during a uh, a cold spell. That's all. It's 2021. And here's I uh, feel like we should really be able to have people live through a winter. I I maybe it's crazy. Here's more Tucker here. So unbeknownst to most people, the Green New Deal came to Texas. The power grid in the state became totally reliant on windmills. That's not then true. It got cold it's and not the windmills true at broke, all. Because that's what happens in the Green New Deal. You're without power. Millions are still without power tonight. Several has di- have died. Now, the same energy policies that have wrecked Texas this week are going nationwide. They're coming to your state. 
They're coming to your state. Oh my God. It's like, it's the, the amount of oozing fear is really unbelievable. And it's sad too, because you think about people who sit at their, uh, sit at their home, sit at, sit at their favorite chair and they just consume that information. And now they literally would think that the green new deal, which whatever, some of it good, some of it bad. Whatever. It's, it's not even about the Green New Deal. It really doesn't freaking matter. It's totally irrelevant. To this conversation, which is amazing. And now they're just going to say, look at that. It's unbelievable. The wind turbines are killing all the people and all the birds in Texas, although they do kill a few birds. But nonetheless, more than a dozen Texas mayors have penned a, uh, a joint letter to the president and CEO of the real culprit here again. That is ERCOT. That is the Electric Re- Reliability Council of Texas. They have in this letter called out ERCOT. They've said their they have said that their protocols and policies uh, that they created are not working, and they need to fix the problem. The letter reads: Our residents deserve answers, and they deserve reliable energy for their homes and businesses. It goes on to say how ERCOT chose to manage the grid during the extended cold weather led to unpredictable and inconsistent blackouts across our cities, contradicting the experience that our communities were prepared to endure so they basically were like everything is going to be fine and of course nothing was that letter was signed by mayors from san antonio arlington houston fort worth austin plano amarillo sugarland laredo corpus christi a diverse group of mayors i mean uh, in both I, conservative and more left-leaning texas towns so. i will also say that but why isn't why doesn't tucker do an entire story on that it's, it's just it's, a bullshit straw man yeah. argu- argument and you know he has millions of people that watch him and he could actually call out this nefarious power company uh who did every single thing wrong and should be held responsible instead they talk about frozen freaking large uh, uh, i will fans say in the it sky. is not even illegal what the energy council in Texas is doing and the energy companies therein are doing is not actually illegal. It's been legalized or decriminalized oh, oh. as of 1992 when George H.W. Uh, Bush was president. In the final year of his presidency, he sort of deregulated some of the energy uh, for the country. And then in 1999, when his son, George W., w. became governor of Texas, he made a law specifically for Texas to uh, for all energy customers to have to accept sort of the free market price that these energy companies dictate. Well, speaking of the free market price, this is just sort of a um, this is just one person's story. But his name is Scott Willoughby. Uh, he says my savings are gone. He's a dude. He uh, lives on Social Security. Lives in a Dallas suburb. His electric bill was sixteen thousand seven hundred and fifty-two dollars. He said it was 70 times what he usually pays. It is just disgusting. And this is where I'm a free market guy until it becomes an unfair market. And that is why those disgusting hotels who all of a sudden overnight were charging $1,000 for a room because they had water. That stuff is so nefarious and that's such crony capitalism. And it it just does not need to exist and it should not exist. And if you're one of those hotel chains that rate that, that uh, skyrocketed your cost for to lay in one of your bed bug infested beds. Um, I really hope that the free market lets you know what they think by no longer staying at any of your places. Um, Cause that shit is just disgusting. 
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today packages by Expedia you were made to be rechargeable we were made to package flights hotels and hammocks for less Expedia made to travel and even as this goes on for the weeks and weeks it has power has returned in recent days to all but 60,000 Texans Texans, as the storm has now moved on to Mississippi, Louisiana, West Virginia, and Ohio. So hopefully, though we know Ohio is going to be fine with cold weather. I'm assuming West Virginia, but hopefully Mississippi and Louisiana don't have, uh, hopefully we don't have round two and three of just devastation. Well, I mean, those, all energy companies in the South is, you know, if I'm from the South, they gouge, they gouge. I know it. Uh, but I guess they don't have the same the same pitfalls that a deregulated, isolated grid like Texas is having currently. Yeah, well, this is according to uh, Katrina Tanner. She's a gritty customer. She lives in Nevada, Texas. Ooh, it's the best of both worlds. She says she's been charged $6,000 already this month, more than five times what she paid in all of 2020. Where are people going to get this money? And we can even talk about the stimulus check now, too. Where are people? We, people are devastated. They haven't been allowed to work in over a year. All of a sudden, this storm comes, and then these freaking monsters send them a bill for six thousand dollars for having their lights on, to have for having the audacity to try to live a freaking non-freezing caveman existence. It's it's just so sick and, and disgusting. When Gritty sent the courtesy emails to the courtesy emails to these from customers who were like the, telling them, "Hey, you're about to have your prices jacked up." Some people did leave and try to go to a different another another energy company, but uh, they weren't accepting new customers. <laughs> I wonder why. So they uh, a lot of people were just sort of left out in the cold, uh, you know, figuratively and literally. Yeah, this is according to Tolson Tyson Slocum. He is the director of the energy program at Public Citizen. It's a consumer advocacy, uh, advocacy group. He says uh, regarding gritty, he says to the Texas Utilities Commission, "What are you thinking?" Allowing the average type of household to sign up for this kind of program, he goes on to say, the risk-reward is so out of whack that it never should have been permitted in the first place. Uh, Phil King, a Republican state lawmaker, uh, has said that his constituents are absolutely livid. He says, uh, when something like this happens, you're in trouble. With such contracts, he goes on to say, there has got to be some emergency financial waivers and other actions taken until we can work through this and get to the bottom of it. And it seems like the bottom is what? Just corporate greed and a yeah. bunch of soulless monsters who just write the number 6,000 on a bill and send it out with no understanding of where that bill is going and who it's going to affect. I mean, and besides the the Abbott statement you mentioned earlier in, the, in those politicians signing some sort of like declarative statement, the... The stance that most Republican politicians in Texas seem to have is um, only the strong will survive and every man for himself. And let's play that sound now. Do we have the sound of uh, mayor of uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz? 
Do we have the mariachi sound? Oh, we have. Yeah, so everyone's suffering differently. This is Ted Cruz. He, he's back from Can, Can, Cancun. And this is actual footage of a mariachi band performing outside of Ted Cruz's house, which is lined by police tape for some reason. Uh, so let's just play that great mariachi footage. Wow. There it is. This is a that mariachi is, band outside a, of Ted Cruz's Houston home. And of course, the mariachi band. I'm good, Travis. Thank you. The mariachi band is covering up the protesters that have gathered outside of his mansion. So in order to silence the protesters, I will say he's slightly nicer than Trump. He did not use uh, the United States military or or, uh, smoke grenades or rubber bullets to silence the protesters. He offered them the universal language of the mariachi band. So isn't that nice? That's beautiful. So that's how Ted Cruz is doing it. And uh, needless to say, will there be any political blowback? I, I don't know. I mean, I, we well, just don't what know. I said about only the strong will survive was a literal quote, by the way, mm-hmm. from Tim Boyd, the mayor. He of, did resign, right? He did resign That's after this. Maniac. He, Tim Boyd. He he said he wrote it as a, a private citizen. No, he, he's the mayor. He was the mayor. <laughs> no, he's a private citizen. You don't get to do he that. Have, he should have had like a MySpace name, like uh, like Tim Rar Boyd or something. <laughs> Because he was not a private citizen. He was the mayor of Colorado City uh, when he posted the phrase, only the strong will survive in it's regards f- to the killer storm that was uh, oh my God. that was bringing Texas to his knees. I don't know why. Maybe maybe movies like The Purge need, need to be banned because people are really taking them seriously. Well, so he resigned. The last thing you want your... Yes, and rightfully so. The man never should have been elected in the first place. Talk about a failure of leadership. Only the strong will survive. Again, it's 2021. We are on we are on Mars. We have footage coming in from Mars. The technology is through the roof, and we can't get people heat in freaking Texas. Come on, everybody. All right. Well, speaking of mariachi bands, let's just do a quick segue here. Biden, of course, ICE and immigration was one of the major policy differences that he ran on when running against uh, Donald Trump. ICE was extremely controversial under Donald Trump and, of course, under Obama as well. There was just horrible stories about citizens or, I guess, non-citizens being detained. Well, they would try to go uh, to court to report uh, perhaps somebody was beating them. Maybe it was a domestic dispute, whatever. Anytime you're pulled over as an undocumented American, your life is over at that moment, basically, and it's really unfortunate. So one of the things that Biden has done on January 20th, he halted all deportations for 100 days. This has angered a lot of people uh, who worked with Donald Trump. But hey, you know, that's going to happen with a new administration. Basically, the deportations, people are still being deported if they've committed violent offenses, violent crimes, All laws still apply to everyone in this country. There's a narrative that somehow this is going to lead to carnage in the streets and everyone in the gang is going to be left out and they're going to go and invade your home and all of that stuff. It's not happening. That's not what the moratorium is. This is simply to try to redirect ICE in a way that makes it 
more in line with American principles, specifically, again, America being a nation of immigrants. And no matter what, we need to treat people fairly in this freaking country, no matter how they got here. That is why if we want to call ourselves the best, that is what we have to do. Uh, some people that are upset with Joe Biden say they basically abolished ICE without abolishing ICE. Uh, they talk about how the pendulum swing is too extreme. All of these things um, that Trump normalized are now being done away with, and rightfully so, in my personal opinion. This is according to ICE spokeswoman Jenny Burke. Obviously, she is not happy. Uh, they say the commission of an aggravated felony is the most conclusive proof of a public safety threat. ICE retains its unlimited discretion to evaluate any conduct in defining said public threat. So basically, ICE has been directed to uh, not do what they were doing, which is hunt down anyone who is undocumented anywhere that they are found. And they are still able to detain people who have committed crimes because that is still up to the discretion of the ICE officers. So I don't think that this is some massive, scary threat, the way that the right is making it out. We need immigration reform in this country, and I have no problem with the Biden administration taking a look at it and saying, how the hell are we going to redirect ICE to make it something that's beneficial, something that doesn't tear apart families, but rather does keep our community safe? Because I understand that we need to have safe communities, but also destroying a whole a whole population of people who mostly pay taxes here is not the way to do it. So we will keep you up to date on what's going that uh, what's going on there with ICE with the Biden administration. I mean, it's been it's been I guess what we expected. It's a it's a very centrist view so far on criminal justice reform. Wouldn't you say with Biden the private prisons? I mean, it's some good yeah. stuff, but then he's still. They're still detaining everyone. They're just putting them into different prisons. He's ending some prison contracts, which is good. But we also now need to have the complete and utter change and overhaul of why did those people get sent to prison in the first place? And same thing here with ICE, where it's like, all right, let's do a 100-day freeze, but let's figure out how we can do this in a proper way that is humane. And uh, we need a path to citizenship, and hopefully the Biden administration can get it done. Anyway, all right, what do we got here, lastly? Oh, yeah, I just pulled up this uh, Baked Alaska music Baked video. Alaska. Now, wasn't he deplatformed, too? Yeah, well, he was... He stormed the Capitol. He was at the Capitol. I think he uh, he turned informant. Did he? Yeah, I think he turned informant, and he... So uh, he got arrested, and was like, this is, I know where all the people that did it are? I don't think he even got arrested. I think he was contacted. Really? And then uh, he basically flipped. So he's not going to be at CPAC? <laughs> I don't know, but I... I Coping MAGA, the Twitter account, just uh, tweeted out this music video of him apparently trapped in a, I don't know, a Crash Bandicoot game, like oh a PS1 gosh. game. Uh, but here, let's, let's, let's just go out on this song. Let's, uh, just, let's just go out. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Let's listen to Baked Alaska. The liberals are crying. Whoa. we never stop fighting. Started on the Trump train. And now we're all flying. <laughs> Never look behind us. We were deaf to the bias. We took a leap of faith at a Trump state because we always knew that it would guide us. Now we're winning so much that we might get sick of winning, but I don't think so. Wow. To the top, now stop in the house while they're peeping in the window. Whoa, peeping in the window. Get this far, but now we elected our hero. And I didn't want to bring this up. 
but illegal, so you gotta go. This is my oh, that's so great. Thank this you, Baked president. Alaska. This is my president. This is my president. This is my president. This oh my is God. my president. This what am I listening to? President. Trump is my president. I got it. Earned our stripes like Raja. Now wow. we're screaming out MAGA. America was crippled. Now we're walking <laughs> out water. And we kept the hot energy. Well, Shout you know, for enemy. the longest time, the left this controlled really art in this country. And I want to say congratulations to Bait Alaska yeah. and the religious right. And Trump right. You've officially beat music. Chilling out on the White House front lawn. Really, we can leak yeah, they beat that. They beat music to and death. I really yep. love my fam. Make America great, even if they don't have faith. We made history on November 8th, Independence Day. Yeah. This is my president. <laughs> Wow, I'm so happy I've never loved a man like this. <laughs> I've never thought about waking up and writing a song about Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, the audio lube that is the Trump train love of Donald. Wow. All right. There it is. The only person that should have a song written about that, uh, the former the former president who I like so much, he's got a little head, a little popcorn head, talked about the uh, president. Orville Duster. Redenbacher. No, you bastard. No, you know the little guy with the, with the head in the, 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 uh, in the mid-60s, late-50s, he was president? Eisenhower. I'll make I'll make you a love song talking that, about the his his, his little head. farewell address. Well, it was a really good farewell address. He warned us about everything that's happening now. Anyway... Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing all right out there. If you're in Texas, we love you. And uh, we got some charities uh, that we're going to start giving to as well here. And uh, just helping people out as much as we possibly can, the small amount that we can do. But my God, get that freaking power grid figured out because there's just no reason to have 47 more people die in 30 years from now. You yeah. know, or whatever. It's just two th- we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. No one should die in their own home because they don't have freaking hate. It's America 2021. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 